Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick brings us Session 3 of the five-part Living the Dream series. Dreams are God's seeds that are intended to change the way we think and remove the boundaries from our lives. God is a dream giver, men are dream stealers, and Satan is the dream killer. In this series, you will learn how to recognize a God-given dream, the steps necessary to fulfill it, and four tests you must pass before your dream can become a reality. This series was taught at the Victory Worship Center in Harrogate, Tennessee as part of the Recharge Conference, where Gary Miracle is the pastor. On this broadcast, Brother Rick begins by reviewing the last session and then begins session three, entitled The Potiphar Test, by reading his scripture taken from Genesis chapter 39, verses 7 through 12. Then he'll teach us two of four statements about purity, including describing to us the difference between sin and iniquity. And now, here's Brother Rick. Anyway, what we want to do in this sex or this uh, lesson is I've had several people to tell me they missed some points in our former lesson. And one guy told me one time, he said, Brother Rick, if you could reduce your points down to, say, like a dozen or less, you know, it would be helpful to us. He said, it's kind of like trying to get a drink out of a fire hose. And I realized that I kind of gave you several principles and you might have missed a drop or two. And so I've asked uh, Brother Jim, if he would to go through them. And uh, so you can uh, look at them and make sure you've got them. Uh, it wasn't the dream that got Joseph in trouble. It was how he handled it. Instead of it humbling him, he got proud and uh, felt like he had done something to deserve it. Go ahead. Joseph's coat of many colors represents his pride and teaches us this. And these are the lessons. The only one that cannot see their pride is the one that is wearing it. Second point, pride is often the result of human favor. Third, God hates pride. Pride will destroy you. We know that that's true. The Bible says that pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before fall. Number five, God still loves people even in their pride. And that was the point about Reuben, the elder brother saving Joseph's life while killing his pride. Number six, the pit is where God chooses to deal with our pride. There's a pit between your promise and your palace. The pit is where we exchange earthly favor for heavenly favor. How important that is. Let's go to the next slide. There's at least five reasons for the pit times in our life. Some of it's because we're part of a cursed world, and in this world you have tribulation. Second reason for pits in our life is bad decisions. Third reason is traps of the enemy. The fourth reason is we're traveling without the assistance of a guide. And the fifth reason is it's been dug with the pick or the pick or shovel of our own pride. All right, let's go to the next slide. Pits always have purpose attached. There's five things here to humble us. We know the Bible tells us Deuteronomy 8, 2. Number two, to test or prove us also in the same scripture. Point three, the, to expose the motives of our heart. That's also in Deuteronomy 8, 2. To develop our character. We know that that's in James chapter 1. And then to exchange earthly favor for heavenly favor. That's a purpose God has attached to your pit in the wilderness where there's no water. 
And then we ended last lesson talking about protocol for the pit. And I gave you six points that I think are valuable. Number one, stop looking outward and begin your inward examination. Number two, discern the difference between the voice of accusation and the voice of conviction. Number three, separate fact from fabrication and realize the devil will generate and fabricate evidence against your uh, situation like dipping the coat in blood and claiming your death. Number four, stop blaming other people and take personal responsibility and be quick to repent. In fact, I always tell people, keep a short list on your repentance. Get rid of it quickly. Number five, refuse to focus on your present circumstance and focus on the promise of God. And then we ended. Number six, try or stop trying to deliver yourself and cry out to God. How many of you know Jesus, his very name means deliverer. You can't deliver yourself. You know, in the mountains, we're bad about that, aren't we? We got some sayings that I never did understand. Here's one of the sayings we have in Harlan County. I'm sure it's true here in Harrogate. Need to pick yourself up by your own bootstraps. How many has ever heard that? Have you ever tried that? How many of you know it's a recipe for a hernia? You cannot pick yourself up by your own bootstraps. Now, I'm sure whoever come up with that, that there was some guy standing beside him said, man, that's brilliant. But how many of you know that's quite stupid? You, you cannot deliver yourself. A drowning man can't save himself. That's why he's drowning. And so we need a Savior. How many say amen? Open your Bibles in this session to uh, Genesis chapter 39. And I want to talk about the second test. We just got through talking about the pit test where God deals with our pride. In this session, I want to deal with the Potiphar test. How many of you know that Joseph didn't stay in the pit? And if he knew what was coming, how many of you realize he might have just tried to get him a couch and chair and put in the pit and just lived there? If you had any idea what the future holds. How many of you know God doesn't show you the future because your mind ain't ready for it? In fact, I get scared of what he's already showed me sometimes. Amen? If he showed me everything life was going to hold, I think I'd freak out, wouldn't you? But in the Potiphar test, let's look at it in Genesis 39, verse 7 through 12. And it came to pass. Boy, you ought to underline that. No matter what you're going through, it's come to pass. Amen. After these things, the master's wife. Now, he's been sold to Potiphar, and Miss Potiphar's got some problems. The master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and said, lie with me. And he refused, said to his master's wife, behold, the master wanteth not what is with me in the house. He hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in the house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin? Notice these two words, against God. And it came to pass. As she spake to Joseph, and you ought to underline this, day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie with her or to be with her. And it came to pass, notice this, about this time, everybody say this time, that Joseph went into the house to do business, and there was none of the men in the house there within. She caught him by his garment, said, lie with me, but he left the garment in her hands, and he fled, and I like the way they put this, and got him out. Sometimes you need to got you out. Let's pray. Father, 
We thank you for the time, Lord, you've given us together this morning to learn of your word. Help us, Lord, to utilize this time for your kingdom advancement. Give us ears to hear understanding hearts and obedient wills. And, Lord, give me clarity of thought and speech as I deliver what you've laid on my heart. For we ask it in the name of Jesus and everyone in agreement to say, uh, together said, Amen. Now, what I want to talk to you about in this session is the Potiphar's test is the test not of pride, but of purity. Of purity. How many of you know that to God, purity is more important than perfection? We think God wants perfection. We ought to know he didn't. He created us. He's not looking for perfection. How many of you know you're not perfect? Three of you? Look around. How many of you know you're not perfect? See, the problem is we think God's looking for a perfect vessel. God's looking for a pure vessel. Now, there's some statements I want you to understand, and one of those statements is our purity determines our progress. Our purity determines our progress. See, you're never going to go forward with God until you fess up, until you get pure, because it's important with God. And here's what he said. If you regard iniquity in your heart, the Lord won't hear you. <laughs> I used to get tickled because I was the 14th child in my family. Mom and dad had 14 kids in 20 years. God have mercy. But anyway, I used to ask my mom a question, and she wouldn't answer me. Have you ever done this? And, and I'd say, Mom, did you hear me? And she'd say, yeah, I wished I didn't. <laughs> See, sometimes God don't even give you that satisfaction. He just ignores you. Have you ever had God to just flat out ignore you? See, he said, if you don't deal with the purity issue, I don't want to talk to you. God in heaven, I don't want the heavens to be brass. See, and what you need to understand is there's a difference between sin and iniquity. This is something the Lord's just recently brought to me. The difference between sin and iniquity. Sin is the outward action. Iniquity is the inward motive. Now, notice the Lord said, if you hide inward motives in you. See, so many times... We're trying to hide what's really inside of us. I use an illustration called Jumping Johnny. And Johnny's jumping up and down. And his mama says, sit down, Johnny. And he keeps jumping up and down. Finally, she gets him, plops him down in a chair. And he says to his mama, I'm sitting down outside, but I'm jumping up and down inside. How many of you know that's the way we are in the church? We do everything right, but God's not just interested in whether you're doing everything right. He's interested in whether you're right, whether your motives are right. That's why the Bible said God loves a... He's not just interested in your actions. He's interested in your attitude. Attitude's important to God. Now, the Bible plainly tells us that God doesn't look on the outward appearance, but he judges the heart. And see, so many times in church, it'd be a wonderful thing if we were able to take back all of the facade and see what people's hearts are really like. Because that's what God's looking at. He's not interested in how high we jump and how much we shout. He's interested in what our heart looks like. He's going to judge your heart in the long run. And if there's not purity in your heart, you're going to be in trouble. Jesus even goes as far as to say a man that looks upon a woman and lusts after her in his heart has already committed the act. Now, it's important for you to understand purity is what God is after because purity determines your progress. Here's the second thing. Purity defines your character. As one man described it, character is who you are alone in the dark when no one's watching. 
character is who you are in the dark when nobody's watching. How many of you know that it's one thing your public image is another thing your private integrity? And so many people, years ago I used the illustration, I took a cannonball, nine inches in diameter, and I blowed up a black balloon the same size. And I held these two things in my hand with the uh, tip of the balloon between my fingers. It's very hard to distinguish which one was which, because both of them at that size looked very dense. The only problem was one of them was an image, and the other had integrity. How many of you know what an image is? It's something the same size full of hot air. And the problem with this one is you got to protect it because the first little brick, it's gone. Image is that way. And so many things in the church, may I just stop here for a minute and park? So many things in the church is image-driven without one ounce of integrity. And you whack the cannonball any way you want to, and it's cannonball through and through. I'm so sick of image posing as integrity, I could scream. I don't like imitations, do you? I went to the doctor, and he wanted me to eat imitation jelly. And I told him, I said, there's a problem, doc. And he said, what is it? I said, I've had the real thing. If I hadn't had the real thing, I could eat this red paper paste stuff you give me. But I know what strawberry preserves really taste like. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's a fruitful life.org. Thanks for listening.